Alexander Ovechkin reaches another milestone, but the Capitals are struggling, while the New Jersey Devils and Vegas Golden Knights are among the hottest teams in the NHL. We've got all that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On New Jersey Devils, Trey Matthews. And Trey, the Devils, one of the surprise teams in the league. As we record this, they are in first place in the Metropolitan Division. Six straight wins. What is it that this team has been able to do this year that has surprised so many people? There's so many factors. So first and foremost, I don't think anyone anticipated for Vitek Vancek to be as good as he is in between the pipes. Mackenzie Blackwood has also done a solid job. However, Blackwood might be out for a significant amount of time due to a lower body injury. We still don't have a full-blown update as to how severe it is, but we did have to um, you know, call up somebody from Utica to just fill up that fill up that place for right now. But in the meantime, the, the New Jersey Devils, um, I, I must say, Jesper Bratt has exceeded my expectations to start the season. I said that Jesper Bratt could potentially be an all-star going into the season because I felt as though he was one of the more underrated players in the entire NHL last year. And even though he had a very good season last year, I still said that I think he is only scratching the surface, and I think this year can actually be his true breakout year. And to begin the season, unfortunately, he went pointless in the last game against the Calgary Flames. But to open up the season, he recorded a point in 11 straight games. He broke the New Jersey Devils' franchise record because the previous record to begin a season on a point streak was 10. Jesper Bratt has now done it in 11 games. We saw Jack Hughes get off to somewhat of a slow start, but his – slow start and his worst is still better than most people's best. Now he's returning to becoming a point per game player, 12 game appearances, 12 points. And he had two points in the last game against the Calgary flames, but uh, Nico Heischer, no one knows this team better than our captain. And I made the idiotic statement by saying that Andre Palat was the leader of the team, just because he's the veteran that we've been yearning for ever since Taylor Hall left. But the fact of the matter is that despite him being so young, Nico Heischer knows this team like the back of his hand. So even if it doesn't show up on the score sheet, I'm seeing Nico Heischer create opportunities for not only himself, but his teammates, creating wide open opportunities. Like it's sort of like in basketball, like how a player drives down the lane and then there's someone open on the three point line. That's sort of what Nico Heischer is doing because he brings a lot of attention, but he sees that one of his teammates is open for a wide open shot opportunity. And Nico Heischer has been having a great year himself so 11 game appearances uh, recording 12 points five goals seven assists and you know th- just that overall production from Nico Heischer our captain it- it's just amazing to see and I think Nico Heischer can still be a star in this league not just no no let me retract that statement he can become a superstar because I, I think a lot of people have been writing Nico Heischer off 
just because going into the season, he already suited up in 300 NHL games. He had been in the league for at least like what, five or six years already. So people were just like, he'd be a good complimentary piece. But in terms of him just being a superstar, they said the ship has sailed in that regards. I was like, no, last season he had his great point production. He's a great two-way player. He could get his name into the Selkie Award race. And not to mention the last couple of years, he's dealt with injury. The COVID situation certainly didn't help things when the season was cut short. And then uh, the NHL had to do 56 games during the 2021 season. That certainly didn't help him. So now that we're kind of back to somewhat normalcy, I think Nico Heischer, this is his best opportunity to just show everyone what he's capable of, even if he's not getting the recognition around the league. We all know what Nico Heischer can do for this team. And I want to switch over to the defensive side of things because John Marino was a huge pickup for New Jersey Devils. It, have you ever uh, watched the movie Moneyball that stars Brad Pitt and, and Jonah Hill? Yeah, That's sort of what Tom Fitzgerald has done with the New Jersey Devils, which is you find diamonds in the rough. You find uh, players that have great upside but can uh, but fall under the radar. They're not given the well enough recognition that they deserve. That's what he did with Jonas Siegenthaler. That's what he did with Ryan Graves. That's what he did with John Marino. All three of those guys are staple points on the defensive side of things. And I didn't even mention Dougie Hamilton, who was one of the top free agents not too long ago. So John Marino is second on the team in plus minus with a, uh, with a stat of plus nine. And then Ryan Graves is first at plus 11. That's what I want to see from those two, because even though what they do doesn't usually show up on the score sheet, they do a great job of facilitating. They do a great job, like I said, for Nico Heischer, just creating opportunities for their teammates and just asserting themselves on the defensive side of things. That's one of the reasons why the New Jersey Devils were able to beat the uh, Edmonton Oilers, because I saw, uh, I saw them just smother Connor McDavid and just give him no inch of breathing room. I know he scored in that game, but I think as the game progressed, the Devils did a good job of just trying to suppress uh, Connor McDavid from finding some sort of opening to get things going. You mentioned uh, the injury to Mackenzie Blackwood. How do you think that the Devils will handle the goaltending load? I mean, is Vitek Vanacek ready to handle playing 80 85% of the games for the next few weeks? I think he is. I mean, look, it was always a 1A, 1B kind of situation with Mackenzie Blackwood and Vitek Vanacek. Obviously, we don't want to you know, be in that situation where – we lose one of our goalies. But like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we brought up Akira Schmidt, who uh, had some game appearances last year, didn't really do too well, but we did kind of thrust him into an uncomfortable position. But here's something that you probably aren't aware of, which is Jonathan Bernier is set to return to the New Jersey Devils at around Thanksgiving time. That was the timeline. And that was confirmed by a few Devils uh, writers which is uh, Jonathan Bernier could be back to action sooner rather than later. And during the Western Canadian trip, he actually made the trip with the, with the Devils. Now, I did not anticipate for him to suit up in the game at all, but it's a good sign to see that he's actually traveling with the team once again. He's participating in practices. During the course of training camp, he was participating in some of the inner squad scrimmages. So uh, Jonathan Bernier, it, for right now, Vitek Vanacek just has to hold down the fort until we get like a full-blown update on – Mackenzie Blackwood, does he need surgery? Is he going to be out for an extended period of time? I'm gearing up for the worst because I tried uh, just being more positive about Andre Pilat's situation, and ultimately he needed groin surgery. So, And he's going to be out for a significant amount of time. 
But now it's just like we brought up Akira Schmidt, just worst case scenario in case we do need to go to another backup. But I think the New Jersey Devils for right now are just saying to Vitek Vanacek, can you hold down the fort for just a few more games? We'll put in Akira Schmidt, like if we're playing against a weaker opponent, and then we'll give Jonathan Bernier the nod to help you out if Mackenzie Blackwood is not back at that certain time frame. The penalty kill has been pretty darn good for the Devils. Power play a little inconsistent. What do they have to do to get the power play jump started? They need to change up their second unit. So a lot of myself and a lot of the fan base of New Jersey, I was just wondering like, why isn't Yegor Sharon Govich playing on the second unit? Because the top power play unit for New Jersey Devils, I love it. It's phenomenal. You got Nico Heischer, you got Jesper Bratt, you got Jack Hughes, you got Dougie Hamilton. And I love that top unit for New Jersey, but I have no faith in the second unit whatsoever. So the one thing I always say about the power play for the New Jersey Devils is that the game planning is there. The execution is not. So Fair. the advanced analytics probably show it. And Michael DeStefano of Locked On Leafs, actually, uh, we've had a conversation about this, about how the New Jersey Devils, despite it might not showing up in the score sheet, their overall execution, their zone presence, whatever the case might be, is actually there. But they just need to execute it a little bit better. Andrew Burnett has done uh, a great job of leading the special teams for New Jersey Devils. Their penalty kill was phenomenal. Their biggest test was against the Colorado Avalanche because that was one of the like most intense games uh, to start the season for, for right now because I, I know there's going to be a lot more uh, great games. But that was phenomenal what their penalty kill was able to do against one of the top power plays in the entire league. So they they gave the Avalanche like six or so power play opportunities, and the Avalanche weren't able to get any power play goals going. Yeah, so, that was a very strong performance. So, you know, the power play will start to get uh, its act together. Like I said, it, it the game planning is there. The execution does need a little bit more work. And the, the overall thing I have is, you know, put Yegor Sharangovich on the second unit. Find some sort of offensive spark to just try to help the New Jersey Devils in that regards on the second unit. Because their first unit of power play is good. But you can't just be so top-heavy. It's one of the things that I raved about during the course of the offseason. It's one of the things I talked about at the beginning of the year. Don't be so top-heavy. Otherwise, you know, as you go throughout your lineup, it, you're going to be very exposed. Now, I do need to give a shout-out to a particular line for New Jersey Devils. That is the BMW line of Bastion, McLeod, and Wood. They have 16 points over the last three games in a period for New Jersey Devils. They've been a great energizer. Miles Wood was greatly missed last year because he missed significant time due to a, due to having hip surgery. He only suited up in a few games. But the one thing that we were missing was a spark plug, someone who can bring the overall energy. Miles Wood was the biggest reason why the New Jersey Devils were able to beat the Edmonton Oilers because he scored a goal that tied the game in period number one. He was the one who gave them a quick goal in period number two to make it a one-goal uh, deficit. So Miles Wood has been a great energizer or – against the Vancouver Canucks when he got into it with Luke Shen. He, despite him getting his butt kicked, he was able to uh, provide that boost and spark. So I'm sorry, I don't know what, what question you were about to ask me, but I just had to give a shout-out to our BMW line because they've been performing really well the last few games for New Jersey Devils, and they've exceeded my expectations. No question about it. Trey, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they can find you on social media? You can find me wherever you get your podcast from, at Locked On Devils, and – as for my Twitter, uh, my Twitter is at TreyMatt4, so T-R-E-Y-M-A-T-T and the number four. And Locked on Devils is available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like I just said, wherever you get your podcast from. And 
We're trying to get to a thousand subscribers and right now the devils are playing really well. Absolutely. All right, Trey, thank you so much for joining us today. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On NHL listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors to detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss our chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. The Vegas Golden Knights have won seven straight games. Chris Golick of Locked On VGK is here to talk about all things Vegas Golden Knights. And Chris, tell me, what is the secret to this team's success so far this season? I think the secret is there honestly hasn't been much of a secret. Um, listen, 11-2, and two, a seven-game winning streak, I don't care what your expectations are. That's certainly something that doesn't happen often, nor does it happen every year for every team in the NHL. But you look at the talent that the team has. You start with our second line, our misfit line. They've been there as the first line, a big part of a Stanley Cup run. Now you add pieces like Eichel and Stone and Stevenson is uh, maturing right in front of our eyes. And our bottom six defensemen, or excuse me, our six defensemen, not bottom six, but our six uh, defensemen, that's a pretty good defensive core that we've had the same you know lineup of year over year. So they're just going to get a little bit better. The asterisk, the concerning points, the the wild card, if we're going to use those puns, I guess, was the goaltending. And through uh, 13 games, the goaltending has done more than what's been asked of them to help BGK win games. Yeah, I mean, Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill right now have to be the most successful goaltending duo that most hockey fans haven't expected from and haven't heard heard of in a lot of ways. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, LT did a great job getting the Golden Knights into playoff contention last year. I believe he was 15-4, and four, uh, solid goals against, solid save percentage. And he basically carried the team on his shoulders for the last you know third or so of the season to give us a shot. And Aiden Hill, that was um, a very interesting pickup because we, no one was sure what was happening with, with uh, Brassois at the time and if he was going to wind up uh, coming back or not. And Aiden Hill had a very poor uh preseason and we were concerned right we we were wondering how that was going to shake out but Aiden Hill has done a wonderful job and not just a complimentary role it's more than a complimentary role it seems like it's basically a three to two type split right now every three games LT goes uh, Aiden Hill is going to go two games you know kind of kind of that type of like a every 10 games it goes six and four there you go (laughs) there you go You know, it's interesting because this team has done so well up and down the lineup right now. So many people playing just very strong hockey. Talk to me about Shea Theodore. Quietly, he seems to be doing extremely well for this team. 
Shea Theodore has been doing a lot of things well since joining the VGK, obviously, in season number one. He had a little bit of a rough spell, I feel. I believe it was the bubble playoff season where just taking some unnecessary chances and things like that. And really, since that happened, things have really gone the other way now. Uh, He's aggressive at the right times, but he's also maturing as a quality defenseman. That's tough to play against. He leads the rush. Cassidy wants the defenseman more involved and Theodore is the type of player that he scores in in bundles he scores in bunches he he may go quiet for a while then all of a sudden he'll go three or four games in a row scoring not just goals but big goals big overtime goals uh, we saw that just recently uh, against Washington there we go sorry it's been a been a long week it's been a long week but scored a big OT goal against Washington and just does the right things and he's just another part of uh, another ingredient if you will of uh, what's working right now Yeah, talk to me about Jack Eichel. Having him healthy, how important is that to this team? So the one thing that VGK lacked since, you know, season number one was that one player who could take control of the game and own the game. William Carlson was slightly that player in season one with his 43, for however many goals he scored, it was over 40 goals. He was kind of that player, but he was scoring more timely goals, positioning, not necessarily just going end to end or, I mean, Eichel is his thing, right? It's especially when he gets some space behind the net, out to the blue line, back behind the net, and then just casually skates through everybody and does what he does. Um, It's amazing to watch. It's amazing to see Eichel not just doing it by himself, but now he has some line mates, you know, that are of solid quality, not that what he ever had in Buffalo, not knocking Buffalo, just simply stating facts. What he has around him in Vegas is only making him better and also making Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson, his uh, line mates, much better, too. How important is Alex Pietrangelo to the power play right now? He's important just period end of story. Um, the His experience that he brings uh, quietly. He was nine assists, I believe, before yesterday's game. I know he had at least one because I may have had some uh, some uh, financial interest in him getting an assist last night. <laughs> so he might be up to 10 now. Um, it's, it's Vegas. It's what we do, folks. It's how it's how we live in this city. But um. <laughs> You know, you look at everything that he does, not just on the power play, but his ability to be a killer, his ability to move and rush the puck in five on five. And the power play as a whole, you know, the power play and special teams, I'm glad you brought that up. That's actually a big area of opportunity right now for the Vegas Golden Knights. So Tony and I unlocked on Vegas Golden Knights Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. We did hit on the on the special teams as of that show. VGK was approximately bottom third of the league in power play and PK. I I haven't looked at the numbers recently. Um, We're still getting what seems to be better opportunities and good momentum off the power play, but just in general as a whole, our our special teams can improve still. Needs to improve. But you are doing a good job of staying out of the penalty box, which helps the penalty kill without without question, just because you're not giving up as many attempts. And that's uh, a tribute maybe to Cassidy and the players not getting them in dangerous spots. Um, Cassidy's system, the biggest thing that we hear about is muddying up the the neutral zone as far as those deep passes go. Now, you look at that game against Montreal last night, that turned into um, a Saturday night, that turned into a bit of a track meet, and I think they kind of got away from the system a little bit. But in general, VGK has done a great job 
at keeping pucks going, not not allowing pucks to basically shoot across from the other team's defensive zone, just those long breakout passes where the opposition gets a full head of steam coming through the neutral zone. Give me an unsung hero, a player that hockey fans who don't follow VGK carefully may not know about, but who is really helping this team by playing his role on this roster. Zach Whitecloud. Zach Whitecloud, Zach Whitecloud, Zach Whitecloud. Um, Zach Whitecloud last season, things were not going well. Um, but he was a plus 21. And it was, that matter of fact, I think, and pardon me if I'm mis- misspeaking here, but I'm pretty sure it was the Montreal coach that actually said the pairing of Whitecloud and, um, and Nick Haig is the toughest, best, if you will, bottom six defensive unit out there and Zach Whitecloud he has the ability to rush the puck and create opportunities to score but he's also a great stay-at-home defenseman he's what you need out of that bottom six who's going to I mean especially when you're on the road right you're going to be against the matchup battle the home team's got the last change they're going to be sending out line one and line two against your third defensive unit whenever they can and someone like White Cloud is really doing a good job taking care of home. Not as, his stats aren't as good uh, comparative year over year, but it's still pretty decent. All right, Chris, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they can find you on social media? Yep, um, I'm at TD Chris G, like uh, Touchdown Chris G, and uh, Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. Anywhere you can uh, get your podcast, and anywhere you find them, our Twitter, same, or excuse me, our uh, YouTube. Pardon me, uh, Locked On VGK as well. All right, Chris, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us today. Have a good day. Alexander Ovechkin has reached yet another milestone in his future Hall of Fame career. Dan Holmey of Locked On Capitals is joining us to discuss that and all things Capitals. And Dan, uh, most goals by one player with one franchise in NHL history, yet another impressive accomplishment for Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah, it seems like the milestones just keep peeling off, don't they? So the one thing I've always said in my podcast is, you know, even if you're not a fan of the Capitals, you have to just really be, you know, happy to be a fan of the NHL at large because you're seeing history in real time. We're not looking at some archival footage of, you know, this great player from many years ago. We're seeing it in real time. So his next goal is to, uh, pass Gordy Howe at, at number two, and eventually Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty elite company in, in the hockey world when you're talking about Gordy Howe and Wayne Gretzky. And, you know, the amazing thing about it is, even at this stage in his career, seven goals in 13 games to start the season, he doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. No, he doesn't. And I got to say, one of the really kind of bright spots in this Capitals lineup, as we've seen, they've lost four in a row here. So, you know, what I'm clinging to right now is Alex Ovechkin and his goals that he's accomplishing. Like I say, pretty much every time you tune into a game, he is uh, reaching or beating another milestone. So uh, a really great moment for the Capitals and Alex Ovechkin. No question about that. And, you know, another player who has been a a good addition to the Capitals, how about Dylan Strome, nine points in 13 games? What has he added to this lineup? 
So Dylan Sturm was added in the offseason to uh, replace Nick Backstrom as that second-line center, and he has done a great job at the face-off dot. Um, he has a real high hockey IQ. The Capitals picked him up on a one-year deal, you know, I think ultimately just to see where, where uh, Nick Backstrom's career goes. But he has brought a lot of stability to that uh, second-line center position. Uh, he's played on the top-line center a couple times. But uh, just a really great addition to this team that has been struggling as of late. You mentioned the four-game losing streak and the struggles. Why? What's causing this team to be so inconsistent right now? It's not it, what they uh, they'll end up playing a solid period or two periods, but then they kind of lose sight of, you know, the, the bigger prize. They, they take their eyes off the puck and they don't play a complete game. You know, it's nothing new. You hear about it all around hockey or about all sports where teams are not playing a complete game. And, uh, you know, you take a look. They played the Coyotes last night, one of the worst teams in the NHL. They had the lead the entire game and then blew it in the third. You know, that was a really low blow for this Capitals team. Many people around the NHL kind of pegged this team to be a bubble team at best. And as of right now, they're kind of proven that. You know, I had loftier expectations. I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's still the beginning of the season. But things are not looking good for this Capitals team as of right now. They acquired goalie Darcy Kemper in the offseason, bringing him in to add to the to the team's stability and upgrade the goaltending. Mixed reviews so far? Uh, Darcy Kemper has been as advertised as, our, as far as concerned. You know, the Capitals have not got, but Darcy has kept the Capitals in these games. Uh, you know, if you have the defense collapsing in front of the net, um, I would say that Darcy Kemper hasn't allowed in any beach balls, shall we say. And I think other than Alex Ovechkin, Darcy Kemper has one of been one of the bright spots in this Capitals team. So what do you think the remedy is as far as, you know, what do you expect the coaching staff to do to try to get this team out of this funk? Well, what they've done is they've uh, kind of shaken up the lineups a little bit here. The Caps added Sonny Milano. Uh, he was on a PTO with the Flames. They picked him up. And in his first game, I got to say, I'm most impressed. Uh, that was Brian McClellan doing some bargain sh bargain shopping. They got him for $775,000. Has a really good nose for the puck and can drive that puck to the net very well. So, Dan, what does this team need to do to try to get back on track? What is lacking in this lineup right now? The Capitals have got to start to be playing more five-on-five. Five. You're not going to win games in the penalty box. That's the big thing. Uh, we hear that in all sports, playing a complete game. And then uh, it's staying out of the penalty box is the big thing. And then, ultimately, it's just, you know, not losing focus of the game. The Capitals had win within their reach last night against the Coyotes and they blew it because ultimately they took their eyes off the puck and uh, that's what they have to do I think that the Caps have been playing pretty well as of late you know most of the games that they've lost have gone to overtime or in some cases even the shootout so it's not like they're getting blown out of the water they just they're not playing that complete game and what it is is these this lengthy injury list is starting to take its toll on this team. You take a look at John Carlson, one of the biggest defensemen on the Caps. He's out of the lineup. Dmitry Orlov out of the lineup. Tom Wilson, who is that intimidator, 
he's out. He's going to be out until Christmas or New Year's. You take a look at Nick Backstrom. So I think it's just the culmination of many things that is causing uh, this team to not play well. It's really testing their depth. One of the things that I've heard is that this team needs to get younger and faster. Well, they're going to get that opportunity because it's going to be they're going to have to do it based on all the injuries on this team. Talk to me about the leadership of Alexander Ovechkin. He is the captain of this team. What is he doing to try to rally the troops here? So one of the things that he talked about in yesterday's presser is that he, we can't blame, you know, injuries for our, why our team is losing. He said, as the captain, you know, I, I'm instilling this, that we all have to play better. We're all pulling on the rope, and the Capitals are going to have to lead, and they're going to have to do it by following Alex Ovechkin's lead. And what a great, a great lead that is to have Alex Ovechkin. I do think that ultimately they'll turn it around. Um, I just think to a certain extent it's integrating – these new players into the system and trying to get this team back to being healthy. Yeah, no question that would help. Look, the schedule doesn't get any easier right now for the Capitals. The next five games, Edmonton, Pittsburgh, two against Tampa Bay, and then in Florida, that's going to be a daunting challenge for this young Capitals team. You know, it definitely is. And, you know, one of the things that I said about the last game was that it was a trap game, that game against the Coyotes, and the Caps found a way to lose that one. So if you're going to go anywhere in this league, you're going to have to do it by beating teams that are that much better than you. You're going to have to win games against formidable opponents. And the Caps are going to get put to the test as they face the Oilers, the Penguins, and the Lightning. Those are some big teams. Uh, You know, maybe you've heard of someone called McDavid on the Oilers. He is going to give his Capitals team all that they can handle. Uh, I expect the uh, Oilers to pull the kitchen sink out of the wall and throw it at the Capitals. The Capitals have got to throw it back at them, and they've got to find an identity. Um, And it's going to be some of these young players are going to have to take a leadership role. Alex Ovechkin can't do everything, but I think that they've added some good pieces to this team. And I think that once it starts gelling, um, I think this team will be in a good position. The funny thing about the Capitals this season is they're getting their greatest production from the fourth line. So just kind of an odd season for this Caps team. Uh, We hope that they can turn it around here. I mean, we only have four years left of Alex Ovechkin on this team. We don't want to squander these years uh, with some poor play. No question about it. Dan, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? So you can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. And, of course, the podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, Dan Holmey, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. want to thank my guests today. I want to thank Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils, Chris Golick of Locked On Vegas Golden Knights, and Dan Holmey of Locked On Washington Capitals. I'm Gil Martin. I'm here every Monday and Friday. I co-host the Locked On NHL podcast with Rachel Donner. But make sure you join us all week long 
for the biggest stories from around the National Hockey League right here on the Locked On NHL podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.